You're going to camp blood, ain't you? God damn it, Ralph. Get out of here. Go on, get. Leave people alone. You'll never come back again. Oh, shut up, Ralph. It's got a death curse. <laughs> Welcome to Double Impact, the podcast where we double back on the movies that impacted us growing up as 90s kids and decide whether they hold up today or are best left in the past. I'm Tristan. And I'm Ghoul. Oh, I see what you did there. That was my attempt at a Simpsons, you know how they changed their name? Like yeah, James yeah. Hellbrooks? Yeah, James Hellbrooks. I just said I'm Ghoul. I'm... Oh. <laughs> Jeremy's Iron? Jeremy's Iron. I'm Tristan Ghoul. <laughs> got nothing, Greg. <laughs> I'm Ghoul too. My name is Jet Rod and I like to party. I also like to party. I haven't seen that movie. Hot Rod. That it's worth it for that scene alone. It's actually a great movie. It's on And John Farnham. Yeah. I didn't know the Americans were aware aware of John Farnham. And maybe they're not. Maybe that's part think, of the joke. I think only a few good ones, like yeah. Andy Adam Sandberg. <laughs> Andy, Andy or Adam? It's officially Andy, but you know I could I could get behind Adam. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> Welcome back, friends of the show. Week three of Spook Time. Yeah, Spook Time. It's a spooky season. <laughs> I hope you've been uh, eating your pumpkins and sipping your pumpkin drinks. Yeah. Were they going to take off here? Do you think the whole pumpkin thing? I know it's been so big in the states. <laughs> nah, they've had every opportunity, haven't they? I think it's because Starbucks has no footprint here. We're just on a pumpkin spice market because mm. we like good drinks. You never know. Sometimes these things just, you know, sit in the ether for a while and then bam. To be fair, everything. yeah, we didn't have Halloween for a long time. That's true. Back in the Halloween, the early Halloween days when this guy was a young kid, Tristan, the guy speaking, I went trick-or-treating mm-hmm. with Jono and, man, we were the only mm-hmm. ones. And we got yeah. yelled at. Uh, most people were very upset at us for knocking on their door. Um mm-hmm. Some people would just open like the, open the biscuit tin. Extenders. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We'd get lucky with a couple of biscuits and maybe a can of like no frills lemonade. And um yep. and and then every now and then you'd show up at a house that has like a big bag, bag of candy and you're like, who are these people? Yeah. This is their everyday yeah. life? Man. Um, but it was worth it. I, I think we've talked about this. Because I, I was exactly the ago. same. <laughs> And we had um, and Albie, the the deaf guy across the road, was that's like, "What? Right. You want something to eat?" Yeah, that's right. I remember this story. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, he gave us a lemonade, no frills lemonade. Maybe that's where I got it from. <laughs> I think I think I inceptioned you with Halloween lemonade. That's so good. You stole my lemonade. Yeah, you nasty. So good. It's definitely that energy, though, isn't it? And it's like you know, so they'll bring Big out a, a sleeve of. Off-brand, you know, it's never Tim Tams. It's like cooking chocolate. Or yeah, or like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Like a wafer. And that's that's all the shit that is like textbook in the US. I think it's like you don't accept anything that's unwrapped. Like that's not cool. Yeah, it's probably full of razor blades. I like the ones. There's memes going around of there's like an article saying. Um, parents to get their kids to watch out for gummies that have been laced with THC and the parents are like, which house? Yeah. <laughs> You're stupid enough to give that shit away. I gave away the wrong gummies. <laughs> so week three, 
Week three, uh, well, we've covered so far. The uh, devil, uh, devil's advocate, mm. devil's avocado. That's all. <laughs> Great ass. That's a different movie, though, isn't it? <laughs> I think so. Yeah, That's but heat. that energy's there. Um, the Adams family, the family Adams, uh, as we as we talked about last week, a very sweet tale of you know supporting the family regardless of being different. What's being different mm. anyway? Mm. That's what makes us all Familiar. beautiful. Yeah, and this week. Another family story, a little film called Friday the 13th. Came out in 1980. Mm. What a year. Apparently predates both of us. It does. I've heard about it, never been. Yeah, no, of it. Uh, Two years before I arrived and four before you arrived. Yeah, yeah. But do you know what did arrive in 1980? Was that? State of Origin. Oh, wow. The inaugural State of Origin match for those of abroad or our AFL-loving friends that aren't too up with Rugby League, <laughs> um, the State of Origin is the annual tri-series of matches of players representing their state of origin, mm. the Queensland Maroons versus the New South Wales Blues, mm. hotly contested. Um, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's a. Highlight of the sporting calendar every year, Tristan, mm. for both Queenslanders and New South Welshmen. Uh, and 1980 is the year it all began, would you believe, up at uh, Lang Park, a.k.a. Suncorp Stadium. You're right. Maybe it's uh, close to All-Star Weekend, maybe close to, sort of. This it feels more serious than All-Star Weekend, doesn't it? Oh, yes, yes, yes. It's super serial and the best bit about it is... They love a biff. They love a biff. <laughs> the legacy of a, a punch-on in these games is um, as synonymous, synonymous and synonymous <laughs> <laughs> as Garfield and lasagna, you might say. Oh, interesting. That's very astute on your part. Mm, mm. Thank you. So, look, in the spirit of violence, we've got a clip here. <laughs> um, now it's audio, but they're basically calling a fight. Is That'll eventually going to be wrapped here? up. That'll be the final tackle. I'm on the Queensland. Oh, gee, there's a big one by Wynn. Beats no, him, at him. Actually, uh, it was Greg Oliphant that put the first one in. And a uh, niggly little one. And it's in. It's on for young and old now. Breaking up in various directions. Oh. <laughs> Chris Close put Alan Thompson down. And there's players going in all directions. Still, it's Morris. And uh, oh, look at that. going on. They're still going. Oliphant moving what? in at Rogers. They're coming in everywhere. And still this huge melee of players. I'll tell you what, Oliphant put another big big one on win while someone held hold of him. I don't think Graham Eady's terribly happy with things either. Takes no. the mouth guard out. Well, because he was uh, <laughs> bowled over. And that was very hot. That's as hot as we've seen here for quite a while at Lane Park. Well, it was That'll do. Um, That'll probably do. <laughs> That clip goes for another minute and a half, so you can yeah. you can assume that it flared. It was a, a reflaring. And again, but for they, our American um, friends, no padding. Just mouth guard is the only the only protection in that scenario. That's right. They're not on skates, so I appreciate yeah. the hockey men have the skates thing to deal with. But they do love a biff. No hockey um, in fact, Tommy Radonikus, uh, RIP, who died early this year, was one of the players on that New South Wales team. He went on to coach New South Wales later in his life. And he had a famous expression. He wanted to get the biff back in the game to, you know, when 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 it needed the yeah. biff. And it, the expression was cattle dog. So when someone was in the, in like the ruck, 
and someone called Cattle Dog. You just had to throw an uppercut and <laughs> collect the uh, player and then it was just on and that was Fuck. part of the strategy of the game. Which is crazy because it's State of Origin, so you could be actually playing against someone who's on playing your team. Playing your teammates. Yeah, playing your teammates. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so the State of Origin is going strong. Um, Queensland have the better of New South Wales, I think, over the course of the um, total history. But uh, really? you know, we won the last one, so you're only as good as your last series. Why don't they saying. just let us play Melbourne instead? Victoria. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Great idea. It's the Commonwealth Games of State of Origin. Just let us play against the the less good people. Yeah. Com Games is Olympics without America. We do quite well. And China. Exactly. Suddenly we're king of the world. So, Uh you know, extrapolate that out to football and you're done. What a year. Big year for football. Flawless principles. Yeah. Big year for the Biff. Big year for the pictures. Mm -hmm. Big year for Star Mm -hmm. Wars. Empire Strikes Back. The Empire struck back in in 1980, I should say. Um, Ooh-wee. Airplane flew. Stir crazy stir. I don't, I don't know what that is. Um, and a whole bunch of movies that, you know what, a, a lot of these I have not heard of, but there's one I have heard of. Actually, <laughs> there's a lot I've heard of. What am I talking about as I work down the list? We've it's done fucking, like four. Yeah, and The Shining and 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 Caddyshack and <laughs> a Cheech and Chong films in the mix. Um, mm-hmm. But one little film, and, and by gosh, would you know it, the film we're covering today came in at number nine. The ninth biggest movie in the world in 1980, little film called Wow Friday, Wow the 13th. This was the ninth biggest movie of the year. Man, it is interesting. Because we're quite sporadic with our numbers, with with our years, it's hard to mm. like track the trend exactly. But there is a turning point. But in, in 1980, the top ten box office looks so different to like you know 1990, for example. Yeah. So you know to your point, like you wouldn't expect to see a movie like this in the top ten in most other years. Top? No, like no. <laughs> yeah. You know, like if you look at as a comparison. Blair Witch. Yeah. You know, that's a, a low-budget horror. That, that may have probably cracked made top tens. 10, didn't it? Yeah, yeah. They break through now and then. Yeah. But uh, it's the exception rather than the rule, you might say. Uh, yeah. Akin to going viral. <laughs> yeah, kind of. Basically. Came out in May, not a Friday, nor the 13th, uh, May 1980, with a budget of $550,000. <laughs> not millions. How much? Half a milli, five fifty. Chump change. Yeah, with a return of pretty much sixty mil, just under sixty mil. Massive, huge. Now for comparison, and I don't. I, uh, well, I'm sure we're going to inevitably talk about a comparison with Halloween. Whether that's fair or not, we can debate. But Halloween came out two years earlier, budget of three hundred twenty-five grand, box office of sixty to seventy mil. There's a range there, so not quite reaching the the Romy. Of, of Halloween, but still uh, better than a poke in the eye with a blunt stick. Not bad at all. Um, Rotten Tomatoes, critic score of 63%, audience score of 60%, critics' consensus rather quaint by today's standards. Friday the 13th still has its share of bloody surprises and a 70s holdover aesthetic 
to slightly compel. Okay. Not bad, actually, that one. That's probably <laughs> yeah. what I would have tried to have written. <laughs> if I could write. <laughs> if I had any kind of way with words. Yeah. Movie, not bad. <laughs> is okay. <laughs> Do you know what my first word is? Eh. <laughs> Went just for Not the right amount of time. Yeah. <laughs> These are my criticisms. Um, oh, was it a big sorry. movie for you, Greg? Or was, so, oh, what about the this, franchise? Maybe we talk about both. Yeah. 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 So this film, I don't know that I've seen this before. It, like there's parts that seem familiar. Mm. Um, I haven't seen any Jason films for a very long time, but Jason was huge for me as a kid. Mm. So... Not not Halloween. I think we probably talked touched on that in the Halloween episode. Yeah. Um, but Jason was the guy. So I think my first introduction was um, my older sister Jacinta had a slumber party. Um, <laughs> I would have been maybe between five and seven, probably type years old. Yeah. And they, you know, the girls used to hire a bunch of horror movies and that was, you know, get pizzas and that was kind of the night. And so I sort of snuck out and hung around and watched Jason. I think it might have been three. I thought I was thinking it was two and then kind of looking at two uh, a little bit this week, I think it wasn't that. So I think it was three. Hockey mask? And yeah, yeah, exactly. That'll so that the was deal. three, right? Yeah. Yeah, number two was just a duffel bag of sorts. Yeah, he was scrappy. Yeah. So it scared me more than anything has in my life probably like in terms of TV to this yeah, day. I don't blame you. It got me so good. I was so young and I, I had my own room and I had um, – there was sort of like a little garden outside of my room that had like a bunch of ferns and palms and things and it was really quite loud whenever it was windy or rainy or we had a lot of possums. And so for, <laughs> a, you know, the best part of a year I was scared shitless going to sleep most nights because I thought Jason was out there or someone was out there yeah. to kill me. And but I can I give you a little tip if yeah. you're a scaredy cat? Okay, pull that doona over your head and the world goes away. Oh, I'm not the same. I don't. I need to see. Oh, you want to be out in there in the open? Because I need to know. Yeah, and it, yeah, it's hard. That's a good point. It's hard. Uh, I was a doonaman. <laughs> yeah, I wasn't a doonaman. I was like a lights on man because I talk, remember my story. I have the I used to see the ghosts with the bowling ball heads, so I. I'd, oh yeah, I have to put the lights on. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. You gotta you gotta know which lane you're in. But I don't blame you, man, because I got a bit more on this later because I watched a lot of Jason this week. Um, yeah, you except did. not in this movie, but in the others. Uh, I think early Jason is the scariest because he's just a guy, mm. just a guy that wants to kill you. So I think that's like for me, just so much more scary than like a supernatural being because. There's plenty of people out there. What if one of them wants to kill you? There's not many supernatural beings out there. So mm. even the way he's presented, like he stumbles and he's 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 just like a guy with a bag over his head, eventually mm. a hockey mask. Mm. And he's just and trying to stab you. Yeah, he's big enough with a machete. That'd fuck you up, man. Yeah, good choice of weapon though. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> I think that's you where my obsessions yeah. with machetes <laughs> might have started. <laughs> like, well, if he's got one, he seems to know what's What's up? So yeah, <laughs> um, yeah. I was I was not a Jason guy. I was a Freddy guy. I was a Freddy yeah. man. Freddy man growing yeah, up. Yeah, okay, yeah. And I think we talked about this <laughs> on the Halloween episode. But uh, I just kind of lumped all these things together. 
um, the guy with the mask ones. I just thought they were all kind of the same. Mm. Um, yeah, until last year when we did Halloween mm-hmm. and I was like, oh, this shit's good. I didn't know that like this is like a good movie, not just like a fun horror movie. Like it's good um, mm. as, as we discussed in depth on that episode. And so I think it was right after that that I went back and watched this for the first time last year. So I had seen it before this week and I remember being a little, a little underwhelmed by that. But we'll get into, you know, watching those two back-to-backs, maybe not fair. Uh, we'll get into that because I did rewatch it this week too with a bit of a more, uh, a, a wider cooling off period from Halloween. But I do remember my, my memory of this movie uh, before I watched it, I think came from Scream because I'm pretty sure there's a scene in Scream where they talk about the movie where Jason isn't the killer. And there's actually two and I think that was the trick question and, yeah, whatever. So I knew that in the first one it's the mother. So that wasn't so much a surprise. Yeah, okay. And if, if you haven't seen it, there you go. <laughs> mm, mm-hmm. But we can, we can unpack that a little more. Spoiler. And I think maybe by the time Freddy vs. Jason came out, like that I was at uni or whatever, I, I'm not sure if we saw it at cinema or if it was just like on DVD and we're all watching it together or something. It was definitely a group event mm. and it was silly and fun. But yeah, not a big Jason guy. Not a big Jason guy. Not or any other of the Voorhees family. Voorhees family, not a big deal for me. Uh, I'm not a fan. <laughs> I found a Jason so. Voorhees on on LinkedIn. Oh really? Yeah. There was a Michael Myers at um, Visium. Yeah, Michael Myers is. Well, there's Mike Myers. Yeah, it's more more common. Perhaps. Yeah. I didn't message him. I was tempted. <laughs> I wonder if there's any Adolf Hitlers around. Less. <laughs> Hitlers all change. They all change their name, all the Hitlers, apparently. Yeah, you would, wouldn't you? Yeah. Although there's a Bruce Burrell. Isn't he a murderer? He's a murderer, right? Yeah. Jesus. Is he? Yeah, isn't he? Isn't that someone? Am I getting I mixed know. up? I don't know. Ah, uh, whatever. Toasty. Uh, why don't I get to the <laughs> There it is. <laughs> why don't I get into the origin That's story what it's there picture? for. Yeah, just don't know what to say. Cut the... Cut the ice, cut the ice. Yeah, cut the ice, break That's it. Not, is that, break the ice. <laughs> like this doesn't sound right. It's a real ice break melter, Break the ice after yeah. serial killer jokes. <laughs> Origin story. Sean S. Cunningham directed this movie. Uh, it's kind of his child, his baby. Oh, this is a short. This is a short origin story, by the way. Um, so I'm trying to pad it. Sean S. Cunningham. He worked on last. So far, so good. <laughs> yeah, Sean S. E. A. N. S. Cunningham. Not seeing. <laughs> Not Sean. Yeah. He'd worked on The Last House on the <laughs> Left with Wes Craven as a producer, uh, but more recently he'd been trying his hand at kids' movies and it was not going well. Yeah, kids' kids movies, horror, kids in horror. Yeah, there you go. Police cops. He's working in kids' movies. It's not going well. My version of the story is then Halloween comes out and he sees it and goes, oh, I've got an idea. Um, I've been watching like the yep. making ofs and shit and those things are always made retrospectively and I feel like they, you know, I'm padding. They're Embellish. fucking padding. <laughs> Although to be fair, this guy is pretty transparent in that when he 
when he tells the version of what I just said, he's making kids' movies, he just needed to make some money. So he's he he is not feeding any fucking um, mythology around his his genius and vision of the franchise. He's like, man, we needed to make some money. Um, he doesn't reference Halloween, but obviously Halloween had just happened. There's appetite for this kind of thing. And he just came up with a name. It's like, what's another day? Friday the 13th. That's fucking scary. <laughs> and he... <laughs> He got Halloween's a, taken, damn it. He, he got a creative agency to make the logo, make make a full-page ad, and he put that out in um, in Variety magazine with the tagline, mm. Friday the 13th, the most terrifying film ever made. He had no idea what it was going to be about yet, no script, no green light, just a name. So oh, I kind of respect the hustle here. Out there. Yeah, I respect the hustle here. And it did get enough attention for it to, to get produced. So there was interest. Like, okay, I'm listening. Halloween, Friday the 13th. Eh, it makes sense. But as I said, yeah, he had no idea about what what it was going to be about. So he, he buddies up with his mate um, Victor Miller to crack it. And it's funny that they'd been working on kids' movies and in a similar way they kind of took inspiration from kids' fairy tales or at least – Philosophically, this is an interesting clip from the making of that I thought it doesn't go too far into explaining how they came up with this idea specifically, but it's mm. interesting just hearing the thought process and maybe the 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 philosophy behind what they were trying to do, which okay. which it's a bit of a random segue into a, into a small tangent because I think it speaks to something I've brought up before, but let's have a listen. You know, globally, I had discovered in in some of my reading that the purpose of the purpose of the effective story like this some of my um, was to make you comfortable <laughs> with your fears, and that as children we get fairy tales, and the purpose of fairy tales, which are sometimes just bizarre is to take a, a child's fears and put it in the safety of a story and tell it, and each time you take it out of this dark recesses of your mind and look at it as a story, then then it becomes uh, more accessible. Then it becomes easier to deal with, and then you put it back away. Every teenager deals, I think, with the fear of untimely death. And it usually shows up sometime in high school when there is a kid who gets on a motorcycle and runs into a tree, or there's a car accident or something, and suddenly... You know, the entire high school almost shuts down because we operate in high school with a sense of invulnerability. All bad things happen to them, but never to us. And when we get faced with that, that I call it the fear of untimely death, it's, it's very distressing. And this, uh, this was sort of like the watchword of where we were going to go with the film, is just to deal with this notion of untimely, unwarranted um, death it wasn't meant to be a morality tale it wasn't meant to be well if you get mixed up with sex or drugs bad things will happen to you that was never part of my um, original notion of the film it was that bad stuff happens we know it let's take a look at it and it'll be a little less scary that goes completely against what you experienced on part three (laughs) 
Yeah, maybe it's not for seven-year-olds. Or <laughs> yeah, that's, that's a fair point. But yeah, that's uh, it's kind of interesting. I get where he's coming from. Uh, it's interesting because I was talking to you even earlier this week about I can't articulate why I enjoy these movies, like just horror movies in general. And I've been watching a few lately because it's Halloween. I'm it's spooky season, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. And then, like, when you know it, um, Netflix just dropped this video. With Elvira. Elvira or Elvira? I'm going to go with Vera. Elvira. Do you remember her? She's the one with the boobs. Remember her? Look at my boobs. She's always on a poker uh, uh, pinball machine. Uh, yeah, yeah, I was picturing on a pinball machine. Yeah, she's hot for like a, when, you're, when you're a developing man. And um, mm. she's made these videos for Netflix or with Netflix and she actually breaks down the science of why horror is good for you. So a slight tangent but it's somewhat – marries up with what he's saying. So I thought perhaps worth sharing. Anxiety, stress, the jitters. They're the boogeyman of our time. But horror and thrillers are actually here to improve your well-being. Don't believe me? Well, restlessness is caused by stress and fear. That means heart-pounding thrillers can combat stress because they're designed to elicit a shock response. This releases hormones like adrenaline, cortisol, and norepinephrine, resulting in a mood boost. (laughs) After the credits roll, the brain calms itself down with some tasty serotonin, relieving tension and giving you a sense of well-being. Simple as that. So tell me, what gets your goosebumps going? You get the idea. Interesting. I don't know if there's any truth to that. I buy it. But yeah. I'm susceptible. I believe everything I hear on the internet. <laughs> yeah. She's got another video about how COVID's a hoax. But um, <laughs> I, th- I guess she's just speaking to like there's some catharsis to it all or something. So, yeah. yeah. Maybe I'm not spiralling by being in lockdown and going a little loopy and, and watching scary movies. Maybe that's not a bad thing. Maybe it's just what the doctor ordered. And maybe. Yeah, I like it. Maybe Sean S. Cunningham is on the money. Just maybe. Can I ask you a question? Yeah. In that vein, mm. do are these movies scaring you when you're watching them? Are you getting that illicit response that Elvira's talking about? Mostly no, but I feel like I am chasing it. Yeah. It's like it's like this um it's a tension point because I don't want to get too scared. You know what I mean? Um, I won't watch it at night or anything. <laughs> but then there's like <laughs> nothing crazy like that. Ara's got to be home. Yeah. I forget his name now, but the guy that made Haunting of Hill House and uh, Dr. Sleep, he just got a new Haunting show. Haunting of Hill House? Yeah. Not House, House on Haunted, Haunted Hill. Hill. No, no, no. Haunting of Hill House on Netflix. Oh, it's a I thought you just got that wrong. No, no, no. So did I when they put it on there. Oh, man. you Oh, you could watch that. That's the fucking scariest thing that's ever existed in my Is opinion. It? Yeah. So it's the guy <laughs> that did Dr. Sleep. It's from a couple of years ago, but he's got a new one out now called The Midnight Mass. And I find his shit scary because it's very – he goes deep on character and stuff. So when shit happens, you're, you're very – invested. You're very invested, yeah. So it's not just like you – know, it's not the invested level of you saw some boobs and now she's dead. It's <laughs> it's, it's invested the anti, in – The yeah. anti-camp crystal. Exactly. It's heavy stuff. Like, and and these are, these are like, you know, 10-episode one-off seasons. So you go quite deep and get pretty attached and then shit goes down. So that shit scares me. Mm. Not in a can't, you know, keep sleep with the lights on kind of thing, but 
maybe if I had to wake up and pee, I'm regretful. Maybe that level of scared. <laughs> <laughs> what about if you did that in your old house? Man, we did, yeah, we did live in a scary house. We did live in a scary house. This house is not so scary. No. Uh, yeah. You know straight away when you're in a scary house or you're not. And I couldn't feed into it because Ara was very scared of that house. And I had to be like, nah, don't be silly. But I was just it's scared. It's <laughs> And I'm, yeah, exactly. I'm feeding into the cliches of this movie too. So it's like it, it becomes more scary when you see yourself playing the role of the first guy to die in the movie. Anyway, we'll get into that. Mm-hmm. Um, but this has been this has been some good padding because there's not much more to the origin story, other than that. Um, okay, we saw what, what he was talking about. There was he thinks there's value in being scared. Same principle you get in fairy tales. What do we do for teenagers? Well, you experience death. Maybe there's someone two towns over you've heard of. What if it happened to you? Catharsis mm. ensues. Now where his writing partner came in. The imagination in, has to do the work there. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Mm. His writing partner, um, Victor Miller, he took it a step further. I mean he wrote the script. He's a, he's a screenwriter here. But he loved the idea of making the killer a mother. So making it a, a, an act that theoretically came out of love, a mother who would kill for her kids essentially. Which you know that's that's pretty, you know, for a film that is in many ways, or for a franchise that's in many ways similar to Halloween, you know, that's that's a bit of a differentiator. Yeah, you, but you just take a little bit from Halloween, take a little bit from Psycho, <laughs> yeah. put them that's all what, in the cauldron. That's what I was going to say. It probably owes. It's probably just as debted to indebted to Psycho as it is to Halloween. It's just kind of got the reverse he's going on with that one. But anyway, mm-hmm. they get these people, they do a few stabby, stabby, mm, yeah. stabbies, make them wear some denim shorts, really short ones, even shorter ones on the guys. And bish, bash, bosh, you got yourself a movie, rap party down at the old Crystal Lake <laughs> um, waterhole. Rec club? Rec center. <laughs> <laughs> Let's play the trailer. Very good. You got a trailer? I'm looking forward to this. Hello? Who's that? Oh, hi. What are you doing out in this mess? One. Two. You're doomed. You're all doomed. Three. We weren't doing anything. We were just messing up. Four. Five.
11. Friday, the 13th. You may only see it once, but that will be enough. Because <laughs> it's shit. <laughs> Friday, the 13th. That's a pretty cool trailer. I, I didn't watch it before. It's kind of cool. Yeah. Kind of maybe better than the movie. Uh, yeah, it looks area. Yeah. I think maybe we should caveat this whole thing by, hey, let's acknowledge that there's fans of this franchise for sure and I'm sure fans of this, fans of this movie um, and we're not experts in, in this and you know what, I may come back in 12 months after I've watched them all and I'm like, you know what, I'm fucking in. I love this shit. So if you're a fan of the franchise, please don't be offended by our personal opinions and reactions to watching this for the first time. Or, you know, be offended if it means that much to you, whatever. Yeah, whatever. Um, leave a review. Uh, Greg, <laughs> <laughs> what happened in this movie? Okay, okay. So. Okay. We open on a full moon above Camp Crystal Lake. A group of thirsty Christian teens are singing church hymns whilst I fucking... <laughs> Two of said thirsty teens are particularly aroused by the biblical chanting and duck away from the group to further pursue their thirst mm. <laughs> They're interrupted by a familiar face, not shown to us, the viewers, who then is their turned attacker, killing them with knives and axes or whatever. Fast forward to present day, Tristan, which was 1980, Friday the 13th, the spookiest day of all, apparently. Very spooky. A sleepy, picturesque small town. A young backpacker makes her way through the empty town. She stops and asks a dog, how far to Crystal Lake? The dog does not respond. A telling sign, the young lady is high on acid. (laughs) Annie, as we've learned to call her, finds herself some humans and is offered a lift out to Camp Crystal. A local crazy man, almost a parody of himself, warns her of heading there. Maybe not so crazy. Maybe not so crazy, just heaps weird looking and he always runs away on his bike. He's not doing himself any favours by, like, he's got valuable Fli- information. Yeah, and he, he tells it and then flees. <laughs> it's crazy, I tell you. Yeah. <laughs> Camp lad. <laughs> Along the way... Oh, where did I get to? Yeah, so she's getting a hitchhike. She's hitchhiking mm. with a man who a different time. presses her up into his <laughs> truck with Gives her, her buttocks. Butt boost. Gives her a butt boost. You've got to be married to give someone girls. a butt boost, man. They're going to be as pretty as her. Yeah, that's true. So along the way... No red flags. That's crazy. Yeah, he's I mean, creeping hard, but I guess that's yeah. the style of the time. Yeah. So along the way... The, the guy that's driving her tells Annie of the previous issues at Camp Crystals, the double homicide, the boy drowning, the fires, no one held to count. Mm. He encourages her to quit before she gets there. But Annie, like most teens talking to an adult, she obviously knows better and continues on her path. Fucking teenagers. He drops her partway and then she hitches a second ride in a fantastic-looking convertible Jeep. Yeah. 
like a little wrangler or a little land cruiser or something. Yeah. It's a ripper. Uh, along the way, we also meet a group of other horny cockeyed teens all heading to camp blood and certain skim bear doom. <laughs> They're all there to get the camp ready. But someone or something has other ideas. Spoiler alert, it's the mum. She yeah. kills them all. And there's no hockey mask in this movie. Barely, it's technically, there's no Jason. There's no Jason. It's a prequel of sorts. <laughs> it is interesting. I was thinking this. It is interesting that it kind of retroactively works as a twist because we've come to know the franchise to be the Jason franchise. So if mm. if you'd never seen this or never heard the details, that would be a plot twist that it was an old lady rather than Jason. Wouldn't it? Yeah. And apparently it was a plot twist then too. Um, because the woman that they cast as um, as Mrs. Voorhees, Betsy Betsy Palmer, she, ah Betsy, she's playing very against type. Obviously, we wouldn't know this, but I, I guess it's the equivalent of if it was uh, Betty White. Turns out to be the killer, Ooh. so it, it was shocking to the audience. So I think that's that's interesting to note. But anyway, I'm getting ahead of myself. What did you think? Initial reactions, yeah, initial reactions. So. I saw this last year. I rewatched it this week. Uh, but given that there's no Jason in it, I was like, I do want to get a bit of a sense of the franchise more so I don't just look at this one in a vacuum, although maybe there's pros and cons looking at it in a vacuum. So I, w- I watched mm. a lot of movies this week, Greg. I watched yeah. part one. What I watched? The sequence of these things was actually I started with Jason X, which is the 10th one. Where Jason goes Jason to space. Uber? Uber Jason? Yeah, Uber Jason. <laughs> what does he go to? He goes to space. He goes to space. It's pretty fun, man. Can I – I've got to interrupt. Can I interrupt? Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. And the, I didn't know that that existed. And I was – along the way with all these names, I was sort of thinking these movies, this series or this Franchise is more confusing yeah. to keep up with the names than Fast and Furious. Yeah, yeah. I had the same note. It is. I had to keep because they're, they're all on stand. And right they both now. go to space. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so they're following the formula. It's the formula set by the Jason franchise. Furious Jason to Jason to Furious. Yeah. <laughs> so I watched Jason X, and I had seen parts of that before because. Um, Another great movie podcast, more, more, more piss takey. How did this get made? Did it years ago. So I had watched that and it's hilarious. And, and knowingly so, it's self-aware. Um, I'm not saying it's 10 out of 10 or anything like that, but it's a funny movie. Um, and so then I went back to watch this and then that's that's quite a contrast between the two. And then I was like, I want to fill in some, some of the gaps in between, please. So mm. then I watched part two. Then I watched part three. Four usually follows. Then I watched part five. <laughs> <laughs> but I it didn't. Five. <laughs> then I watched part five and part Jason six. Reborn. Mm. And then, but yeah, all of these have different names. So I had to keep Googling to make sure that I was watching in the right order. Because uh, they're, they're all on Stan in Australia and most of them are on Netflix. 
I didn't get to Jason Takes Manhattan. I really was looking forward to that one. I didn't get to that. Mm. I watched um, the fan film Never Hike Alone today. Uh, it only goes for under an hour. And then just before this I started watching Freddy vs. Jason, but I've seen that before. And similarly I watched the reboot from 2009 in the past, but I rewatched the beginning of it and was I was like, nah, I've got to get on with the rest of my life. Um this week too. So I've gone pretty deep. You've gone deep. Gone pretty deep. Yeah. And I've got some thoughts on all these things. But before we get into all these, but the first one, the first one, um, it, it is interesting. It is hard to talk about it without thinking about the broader franchise and without thinking about Halloween. And I, I think when I watch it, A, I'm, I'm surprised that Kevin Bacon's in it. That's a delight. <laughs> yeah. It's early Bacon, surely. Must have been like his first. Oh, 1980. It's got to be. Yeah. Is this is Johnny? De- is this you know? What years? Elm Street's Johnny Depp. It's later. Some. That's why I know. After. 84. 84. I think with this movie. Connected universe. Yeah. It's hard to this movie. It's just hard to get super excited about it. And I also try and put it in a historical context, like you know, at the time. Mm. But at the same time, the podcast is about does it hold up. So I'm watching it through hold up lenses. You sound conflicted. I'm I'm a little conflicted. It's hard not to think of this as a spoiler alert. You said this earlier in the week, but like the Burger King to Halloween's McDonald's. Mm. And again, also as you pointed out earlier this week, not that McDonald's is the perfect burger, but, you know, it's a, you know. it's also like, you know, have you heard the term mockbusters? It's these movies that come in and capitalize on I haven't. other IP. So, like, yeah. Pacific Rim happens, then someone goes and makes Atlantic Rim, not connected. Mm. It's just um, happy toes to happy feet. Uh, paranormal entity, paranormal activity. Mm. Mm. Is this film the piranha to, to Halloween's Jaws? Is this film Android Cop to Halloween's Robocop? Family Guy and mm. Simpsons, all that kind of shit. So, and it kind of just feels like that a little bit. I feel, I feel like you're watching the shittier version of the, that awesome thing a little bit to a degree because Jason's not in it too. And so to be fair, I think a lot of the comparisons come in more when it's Jason and Michael Myers. But mm. it definitely doesn't have that, that Halloween is a classy film. I was, yeah, it, it grabs you early Halloween. It's an art house film that happens to be a slashy. This is just a slashy that happens to happen at a camp. <laughs> that happened to went on to be such a successful franchise, I guess. Yeah, yeah. It's funny because if you think about what's iconic about this movie and the franchise, in the franchise, it's Jason, right? Well, he's not in this movie. Uh huh. The name of the movie, Friday the 13th, okay, technically that's the day it happens, but it's not really that relevant to the plot. Is it maybe Jason's At birthday all. too? I don't know. Yeah, it's irrelevant. Um, the sound. Sad death day. The sound is iconic. The but what is it? That's, that's not him breathing or something. So, like, what even is it? I, I don't guess know. it's Sean breathing. It's Sean behind the camera. And so it's got these things that you could argue it's got – Iconography and and these things in the same way that Halloween does, but they're not as meaningful. They're just kind of random. It's like they've assembled all the parts, but it doesn't necessarily add up to some bigger picture. It's just checking boxes a little bit. Mm. 
But again, I do think it's interesting that Sean, Mr. Cunningham himself, was like, man, we're just trying to pay the bills. <laughs> I don't think he thinks this is some any kind of masterpiece either. Mm. But um, before I spiral down the, all the Jason movies, well, how, what, how did you go with this one? Um, it was okay. Yeah. Yeah, like <clears throat> kind of echo your sentiment there. Um, I liked the aesthetic. I did yeah. like, you know, it was it was quite suited to the time, pretty styled to the time. And the camping, camp on both counts, but like yeah, the camp setting and just it being quite camp in and of itself, I dig that aesthetic and I guess that's where this is where that started, which is kind of cool. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, sorry, keep going. Yeah, that was cool. The the Jeep, I really like that car. <laughs> that was a great car. Yeah. I didn't like learning that it was a bit of a rip-off. I didn't know that when I was growing up. Yeah. I just, like, obviously, if I had only watched these and not really the Halloweens. So learning that was a bit like a, oh, I feel like there was a bit of, I feel like I've been cheated somewhat. Yeah. But you know what? Like, I still like a Whopper. Yeah. I just don't have them that often. But I, I still like a Whopper. Agree. Agree. It's got raw onion. <laughs> it's got mayonnaise. It's got t- ketchup and mayo. So yeah. there are some differences that I still like. For this particular film, man, like I, it's hard not to compare it to Halloween. Yeah. And it's a distant second. But, like, I didn't mind it. I think the, one of the things for me, you know, you talked about earlier um, character development in these sort of movies, there's kind of none of that. Yeah. Like our hero, Annie, not Annie, Annie's dead. Um, <laughs> what's her name? Who knows? Can't remember. It's not Betsy. You know, I don't even remember. Um, and I watched it like a couple of days ago. He, yeah, I just didn't really get much of an affinity, even Kevin's Bacon, you know, like just there, was, there were just sort of nothing characters that just got picked off one by one. Yeah. And then plot twist, it was the mum and end of story. They're just cannon fodder. It's like, um, and this goes for kind of all the movies. I think they probably get bare, they, they probably get more self aware about it later on. But a bit like those Final Destination movies, where it's like, we're not going to give you any. What you're going to get is some some crazy ways of people dying. Um, mm. In the same way, I think this would have been so much more fun to watch at a cinema with other people. Because it's, it's kind of just fun. Yeah, that's it's a not, good point. And actually I, something I, I forgot to mention in the origin story was I guess a point of differentiation that Sean S. Cunningham was shooting for, he doesn't explicitly refer to Halloween, but he says he wanted this to be more of a roller coaster ride, which I can kind of see that's a nice point of differentiation where this is this is just kind of a whole, it's a bunch of fun. People still die, so it's not fun in that sense, but it's, Halloween's quite dark, um, mm, but you could kind mm. of see this as like at a cinema or or gold standard would be watching this at a drive-in like that. It would be fun. It's good slumber party. It was good slumber party. Yeah, because you don't have to pay that much attention to the plot. Like if you're watching Halloween, I want to sit in the dark and everyone shut the fuck up and like let's. Whereas this, it's like yeah, you can talk, you can you can play drinking games, you can do whatever the fuck. Some little spin the bottle. Seven minutes in heaven. heaven. In Devon, um, many mm, things. In heaven with Devon. <laughs> with Devon, Devon. Is, is there any other kind? Oh, Devon Sour. Don't get me started. He was in. He was in. Give us an ooey. 
It was in Casper for three seconds. So, yeah, I think it would have benefited from a crowd reaction to these things. Like, oh, Kevin Bacon, you know, versus yeah, me by that's myself. A keynote, that's a, you know what? That's an astute right there, Tristan. Hit the button. <laughs> very astute on your part. There you go. You earned that. <laughs> I think well, I think this only becomes more true with the sequels. Should I should I give my little spiel on some of the sequels? Please. Um uh, now again, I'm no expert here. These are just my sort of blind reactions to some of the sequels and how it makes sense of it all. I'm not gonna get everything right. But what is interesting and and pretty unique about this franchise is unless you know, we've 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 covered movies like First Blood where the franchise goes way off after the first one, but the first one is sort of this critical darling. It's kind of a beautiful independent film. And then it goes on to be more of a blockbuster machine. And this one evolves technically along the same pattern, but it's not as if the first one was a critical darling either. We saw it 60%. Mm. It's like, yeah, some people kind of liked it. It, That number nine, not critical darling, but box office success. That's obviously, that that was a big, that was a big um, penny drop for me. Like, oh, sorry, that just explained. Yeah. Why the cultural significance. Got, yeah. Yeah, and how it got to keep going as long as it has. But that's a good perhaps. point. So Frank Vancuso Jr., he was the producer in a lot of these. He said what needs to be said he said what needs to be said. What needs to be said is that Friday the thirteenth movies were about as close to a risk free transaction as possible. I remember several times where the movie would open on a Friday and on Monday we'd get a call from Paramount saying, go make another one. And it's crazy because I'm watching these things. I'm watch- This movie, the first one came out in 1980. I'm watching part six and it came out in 86. Like these things were a year apart. And Sean S. Cunningham yeah, says. they pumped him out. They pumped him out. Sean S. Cunningham says he had no grand vision for this shit. He just needed to pay the bills. And he he didn't go on to direct all the rest. He was maybe an EP or something and got some kind of credit, a bit of money. He came back later for some of the later ones in a producer role, but this is not his grand vision coming to life. And it feels that way. It feels very much like they make it up as they go along. For better or worse, there's some pros and cons to that. Um, Different directors in every movie, uh, these things are getting made like a year apart. And so it's sort of the the lore is kind of all over the place in this one. Mm. Um, The original writer, Victor Miller, he was pretty pissed that they made Jason the villain in the second one because he's like, man, I wrote him as the victim. He's dead. That's a tragedy. He's not the villain in this. He's anything but. And then they kind of took that and <laughs> made him the biggest fucking villain of the franchise, of course. Well, Victor, sorry, Victor, but you kind of been proven wrong there. Yeah. I, I guess it just goes some ways to explain why the franchise has been so all over the place, man. It's fascinating. Yeah. It's um to, to the moon and back. <laughs> literally. Wow. <laughs> all of the above. <laughs> Smorgasbord. Yeah. Yeah. And so you watched a bit of the second one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And it was funny how they they do this in the second and the third and maybe the fourth where the beginning of the movie is a recap of the previous movie. Which is fascinating. Yeah, but quite a long recap. Yeah, like it's the first act almost or like a what zero is it, act. like 15 minutes or something? Yeah, 10 minutes? it's long. It's Felt long. like a long time. Which is, yeah, it's kind of crazy, but I did like that this the final girl from the first one dies in the beginning of the second one. That's kind of funny. Yeah. Like you don't expect that. She gets a drill to the head. 
Ice Pick, I think it was, maybe. Oh, was it? Yeah, sorry. Wrong, narrow. And uh, so the evolution goes as follows, broadly speaking. This is my recollection of it. Obviously, it's Mrs. Voorhees in the first one. Turns out Jason's still alive, so saw his mother get beheaded in the first one and is now seeking revenge. Mm. The It gets a little bit muddy because it gets to the point where he's no longer defending Camp Crystal. He's just going out and about. He's, he's in a barn quite a yeah, bit for some he reason. He spreads his wings, but just on that, like this guy, you got to think about it. This guy's been at Camp Crystal for a long time. Yeah. I think it's fair that he only spreads his wings. Well, it's crazy because the end of the first one, that the I guess it's it is a dream sequence officially where he jumps out of the water and pulls her down because because he died twenty years ago. He should be an adult mm. male. He's not a child anymore. That's right. So that yeah. So you're right. He's been there by this point like twenty five years or something. And there's not a lot happening around there. There's not a lot of people to kill it's or been closed. scare even. He's just trying to find some entertainment. Finally there's some people there. He just wants to do some stabbies. Give him a break. Anyway, <laughs> it gets a bit all over the place. Um, but the the funny thing about him watching all of these, and again I haven't watched all of them, is that none of them fires on all cylinders. So... The first one is probably technically the best just in terms of a film, but there's no Jason. And then you get Jason at Camp Crystal in the second one, but there's no hockey mask. And then the third one, the third one's actually a lot of fun because it turns out it was, you would know it immediately if you watched it, that it was intended for 3D and it was released 3D because there's all kinds of shit coming out of the screen and like. It's it's oh, a lot. Yeah. It's a lot, oh. it's a lot. That was pretty good, isn't it? That looked 3D. I'm sticking my hand into the camera. It was pretty fun. So there's, you know, excessive use of baseball bats and snakes and uh, anything that can come out of the screen that was happening. So that was a bit of fun. And that's where it got a lot more campy. But then it wasn't at the camp. It was at like a barn. <laughs> so it's like. Uh, Which kind of campy? It was campy in the 3D-ness and everything going to the camera. But but then he gets the hockey mask. So that's, so that's good. And so it, it was a bit all over the place. And then. There's no consistent character until you get to, I think, the fourth one when Corey Feldman comes in and that character evolves over the next three films, aged up, played by different actors, as sort of the enemy of Jason. So that's kind of something. So you got your Nancy to oh, Freddie yeah, okay. and that. You got, your, you got your Jamie Lee Curtis to Michael Myers kind of thing forming there. Mm. But then it's so all over the place because then the fifth one ends – with that guy essentially set up to become Jason, he kills the main chick at the end of the fifth one and then they just don't address it in the next movie. Move away from that. Yeah. But then he gets to the next one and it's part six and it's that James Bond opening that I put on the Instagram and it that is glorious. Nice. It is That's the best one. And I actually had to stop it because I was so done with these movies by that point. Not that they're all terrible but I was just a bit worn out and I'm like, this one's actually yeah, good. Fair enough. This one's actually good. I want to give it its own space to enjoy it. So I watched maybe the first third of it and then gave it a break. But that is where it's going full camp, um, figuratively, not literally, and just having fun with it, man. He gets brought back to life by a mm. lightning strike. Like it's it's fun. Well, I'd hope so. <laughs> 
So, yeah, it's interesting. I know there's a bit of interesting shit that happens in part, I think it's part eight or something, where it's Jason goes to hell, where it's not explicit because of rights issues, but it's alluded to that it's a, that Jason exists in the Evil Dead universe because there's different things nodding to that and that explains why he's so immortal. And so there's interesting things forming, but it's, okay. but it's okay. all very and then and then and then. So it's there's good and bad throughout, but there's no it's hard to go what's the iconic Jason movie? There isn't one because there isn't one that just nails all of those aspects. I think part six is probably the best Jason one. What's that one? That's the one I was saying with he comes out like James Bond. But what sorry, what's the sorry, what's the name of it? Uh Jason Lives. Oh yeah. Yeah, that's it. I mean, the, it could be named anything because the names don't mean a lot either. Because there's the final Friday, which is part four. <laughs> there's eleven more. <laughs> fucking, yeah, who is this guy, John Farnham? Naming. Yeah. Um, well, I you know the other connection is he's all about family. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Some might say that he is. Vin Diesel. Vin Diesel, he could play Jason. Very little dialogue. Just has to kind of walk around. Family. <laughs> Family. <laughs> Just a thought. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't really have um, much more to say on all of those. They're all still kind of bouncing around my head. I get them all mixed up too, so I probably butchered some of those uh, specific points. Yeah. But I think, um, like I That's said, fair. I think the scariest one for me was part three though. Because it's just Jason as a guy that wants to kill you. He's not necessarily a model. He's just some guy wearing a flannelette shirt. That checks out with my childhood. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It makes sense. And the uh, and the PTSD that the film gave me. Yeah. Yeah. It's interesting. All those. It's just kind of the same as Mike Myers. It's it's probably easy to pump these movies out because your antagonist or whatever you want to call Jason. Yeah. Like you can pretty much get anyone to play the part. Like how yeah. many how many Jasons have there been? And he's the icon. It doesn't matter who the yeah exactly. He's the People icon. You can him. get as you say the rest are just fodder. You can get whoever, yeah. You know, jump change actors. No disrespect, but you know, like unknown people to come in and get killed by Jason, and you stick a mask on him, and he can, he's always he's, he's pretty much a stuntman every time, right? Yeah, yeah, just about. Yeah, pretty much. I came across one guy. Have you heard of Kane Hodder? No. So he he's, from what I understand, is he's the most popular of Jason's guys that have played Jason. Oh, yeah, people get real serious about this. I think same with Michael Myers. Yeah. yeah. So this guy, Kane, uh, Kane Hodder, he was in Part 7, mm-hmm. which is The New Blood, uh, Part 8, Jason Takes Manhattan, <laughs> and Jason Goes to Hell. The final Friday. Oh, sorry, and Jason X. So you have seen him. You saw Jason X, did you? Yeah. And he's also in the video game. He actually seems like a really inter- interesting guy. So he's about sixty six now. Bit of a oh, badass. Right. Like looks pretty. Looks pretty scary in his own right. Um, he's been in other films uh, that you may have heard of, uh, such as Knife Corp oh, yeah. or Dead Before Midnight. Okay. Or Shed of Shed of the Dead or Dead House or Frozen. Wait, is in Frozen? Different Frozen. <laughs> yeah. 
Dead frozen. <laughs> but can I just, yeah, frozen dead. Can I just, um, can I read you, um, you know how, this is directly off wiki, you know how there's a personal life section? Oh, yeah. I'm just going to, um, can, I, can I read you verbatim his personal life? He <laughs> yeah, just sounds like a really interesting guy. Yeah. This is, this is the personal life of Kane Hodder um, who played the most fan favourite Jason. Hodder is an avid poker player. He has the word kill, exclamation mark, tattooed on the back of his bottom lip. Oh. He spends time working with children in burn centres and, and despite the roles he often plays, Hodder has been described as a very friendly man who loves to meet his fans. Um, what else have we got? <laughs> uh, he's a noted juggalo. Oh, Do you know what a juggalo is? yeah. Insane clown posse. Yeah, he's a fan of Insane Clown clown Posse. And to reflect this, he has a custom charm of the group's Hatchet Man logo, holding a machete instead of a hatchet, as a reference to his role as Jason. Wow. 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 Uh, along with poker, Hodder is an avid ghost hunter, and he founded the Hollywood Ghost Hunters Group with former stuntman and friend Nick Stuntman McCullum, uh, who is another stuntman that he hangs out with. So uh, yeah, he's a he's an interesting guy pursuing yeah, his wow. passions. That's a passionate a passionate man, I would say, based on on reading that. Would you not? Yeah, that's uh, I like. I mean, the juggalo thing. I'm not going to lie; it scares me a little bit more because I don't know much about them. It it makes mm. me laugh a little bit too, but I don't know much about them. They're bizarre. Well, Kane a- Kane Hodder looks like a he looks like a badass. Okay, like he he's a yeah. We'll get a, maybe we can get a. Um, I'll get an image up of the, of um, of of him. Image or two for the gram this week. Yeah, we'll get on the gram. We'll do. We'll get all his headshots in there. One of him playing tennis. Yeah. One of him as he a looks. A, he looks. A, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he looks a little bit like a a slightly older Chuck Liddell. Oh wait, yeah, I know that guy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Of course. Legend. That's what I think of when I think of UFC fighter Chuck Liddell. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> and I think these guys are all because Jason's typically. So big. I think a lot of these stuntsmen that play him are all the big guys. Yeah. He's meant to be 6'5". Oh, really? How did he get yeah, so – was he just eating bush animals? Well, he's Dutch, right? Verhoeven oh, has got to be Dutch. Oh, yeah. True. Dutcher, Dutcher Sheryl for Troll, actually. Yeah. That's my Dutch accent. What do you think? Interesting. That was not bad. Do the Dutch have any point of view on the date, Friday the 13th? It's a great question. I really don't know. I had to look into it. Did you ever look into it as well? It's, um, I started to and then I got sidetracked on Kane Hodder. What have we got? <laughs> it's pretty inconclusive. Like it's just kind of become a thing based yeah. on a combination of a few different things. But there's no definitive – look, this is one of those ones where my research is mostly Wikipedia – um, but you know, there's like, don't, you don't want to see a black cat on Friday the 13th. That's not in oh, there. Yeah. I don't know what that's got to do with it. So basically it's a convergence of a few things. Apparently the number 13, uh, being unlucky originated in Norse mythology mm. in that there was some that's story. That's where all the good mythology of Western culture. The best ones. Came from. Thor. The whole Marvel Cinematic Universe. Um, 12 Gods. We're at a dinner party. It sounds like a joke now. Twelve gods walk into a bar. <laughs> no, there's this there's some Norse mythology story where twelve gods are having a dinner party in Valhalla. 
Loki is not invited, uh, but he shows up. Because he's the trickster. He's a real trickster, that guy. He is, and he does great impressions of Robert De Niro. He, uh, he shows up and he kills people or something. Tom Hiddleston does the worst impressions you've ever seen. Side note. It's a joke. It was a joke. Um, and he's the 13th <laughs> guest. Oh, Loki. So it's bad luck. But which, that bad alone. Bad Loki? But this is the thing. But this is the thing. This is the thing. Do, if <laughs> yeah. Sean S. Cunningham did a little bit of research, that's already kind of interesting. A story. Yeah, like what if Mrs. Voorhees or Jason Voorhees or someone if if you're if you've already named your movie Friday the Thirteenth, why don't you look into the history of it? Loki, God of Mischief. What if it was a guy that was possessed by Loki and he starts stabbing people? You know, that's all I'm saying. Um, well, do you know why? Why he didn't have Google? That is true. Wikipedia was in its early stages then. I think it was leather bound. Mm. There's something Jesus related to with Good Friday. I don't know if the Last Supper or something was on. I don't know the thirteenth. There's some something going on there. I'm not a religious man. Um, there's a story of the trials of the Knights of Templar and their arrest was on the Friday the thirteenth. There's also just an indefinable thing of Friday being unlucky, which I feel is completely at odds with popular I'm culture. I'm feeling pretty of today. lucky right now. Yeah, exactly. It's Friday, man. But there was a book, uh, some guy died on Friday the 13th. Uh, there's just a lot of little things like this. There was a book that came out um, called Friday the 13th, okay, and that was. so. Is it a haunted just, book? It just seems it may be. It would make more sense. So there's not much there. It's sort of like they've just taken, they've taken 13th, 13th yeah. is an unlucky, un, unlucky number for other reasons. And it's not like Halloween where there's a vested interest to make it a thing from brands or Christmas. So it's just organically kind of become this thing. We'd love to know if someone has anything else on this. Yeah. Well, or interestingly, if listening. Yeah, if Loki, if you're listening, I'm curious about this because in other cultures, Tuesday the 13th in Hispanic and Greek, Greek cultures, uh, Friday the 17th. Oh, now you're talking. Friday the 17th in, in, in Italy. Interesting, right? And then Wikipedia goes on, welcome to the wiki part, Wikipedia goes on to um, explain that there was some uh, uh, speculation that more accidents and disasters happened on Friday the 13th, which went on to be disproven and actually it's the opposite. So there's less car accidents, there's less all kinds of shit on Friday the 13th mm. because they assume people are being more careful. So interesting. So there's a psychology element to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I've got a question for you, Greg. Yes? So now that you've seen this and you've seen Halloween and we've, we've, we've done a few different uh, horror movies at this point and feel free, this is not, you're not committed to this for life. I'll probably ask you every, every Halloween moving forward. But, but who goes on your scary villain Mount Rushmore? Your horror movie villain, How many people? Mount Rushmore. Is there three or four faces on Mount Rushmore? Four, because uh, Trump's not up there yet, so four for now. <sighs> oh. <laughs> when um, I Googled Mount Rushmore, there was a lot of Photoshop of Trump on Mount Rushmore, which is yeah, interesting. Yeah, he looked great up there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I support it. 
I know all the best mountains. Honestly. Um, Ask anybody. Where, okay. My <laughs> Mount Rushmore would probably be, okay, without thinking it through, yeah. I'm putting question without warning, Tristan. <laughs> uh, I would say, Toffee. yeah, Jay. Jason would be on there. Freddie would be on there. My newfound Michael Myers understanding would be on there. Yeah. Uh, uh, I need to come back to you on the fourth. I'm, I'm similar because it's not like I have four that I'm married to. When I Google it, it's mostly Freddie, Michael Myers, Jason and Leatherface. But oh, I, yeah, like a- the reason I bring it up is I just I just wonder do you like do you need two two slashies up there like why yeah and again this is my own thing everyone can have their own Mount Rushmore to get me wrong if you want Trump up there you can do that but um I would put Chucky up there I think I think I would put Chucky up there in terms of differentiated you know unique things yeah there you go that's pretty good plus he's got the volume. Yeah, behind him exactly. It's it's uh, that's a it, pretty good call, mate. It's not bad. It's not bad. But I, I would say Jason's still up there for me. But he's on thin ice. He's on thin ice. Well, he is a hockey mask, so he's comfy on ice. <laughs> Why do they make hockey masks so fucking scary? Or am I just scared of them now because of this? I don't know. Chicken and egg. Well, they probably because you know they want you to look intimidating to the other players. I don't know. Ah, uh, that's a good point. Not bad. Very astute on your part. But yeah, Greg, many would ask what's next for the franchise. And they wouldn't be wrong. It's a good question. It's a good question. <laughs> can I make a can I I've got an idea. Oh, okay. Wait, Story well, by. let me let me set you up first. Because yeah. there's there's twelve movies so far. There's twelve movies in a franchise called Friday the thirteenth. So this is the the next one is the big one. They should just call it 13, spelled out in letters. From now on, we're spelling everything. Oh, that's, fan- that's fancy. Yeah, 13. What's your pitch? Go. The Exorcism of Jason Voorhees. Oh, I like it. That's good. I like that. I like that a lot. I like that a lot. I got two pitches. All right. They're oh, just a, they're just a short. Pitch and I really they're just a really short. Doobly. And. At least one of them is not as good. Uh, but I'm just spitballing it. It's a brainstorm, Greg. Everything's safe. Also, I did watch the yeah. um, Never Hike Alone, which is the fan film, which was pretty good. But And yeah. I think that, that could work as like – it's a shame because it's on YouTube and it's called Never Hike Alone, a Friday the 13th fan film. But it would be great if that just showed up on Netflix as Never Hike Alone, not telling you it's in any way linked to that and it's just slowly mm. revealed. Like it's I think that organic. would be – yeah, that would be a cool way to to seek, you know, uh, what's the word? Like a backdoor sequel. Um, mm. So I've got two ideas. First one is uh, you got Friday. You got Ice Cube's Friday. Why does why the next Ice Cube Friday called Friday the 13th and it's a little crossover and it's a scary comedy, comedy horror? Scary. Yeah, yeah, I like it. It's not bad. Although I know I just said it had to be called. 13. But whatever, story by, boom. Mm. Another alternative, Saturday the 14th. The day after. Yeah. And it's the hangover. Immediately after. I don't know what, it, what it's about, though. 
Or it's a, it's maybe you connect that with the hangover people. Oh, there you go. Okay, I see we're going with that. That's good. It's very astute on your part. And then also, what if they made Friday the 17th set in Italy? Because that's the scary thing. Oh, mamma mia. Yeah, boopity boopa. Um, so so you, there, you have it. there you have it. Many pictures, none of which ladder up to the thing I said at the beginning that I had to be called 13 because every single one of those ideas requires that not to be the name. There you have it. But <laughs> you, you know, like it's they can they think that, yeah, don't worry about the 13. We can, we can do some marketing work that has incorporates that somehow. It's not like the date matters in any of these fucking movies, man. Do they ever release one on Friday the 13th at least? They, well, you better, better believe it. They must have, surely, right? Why wouldn't they? Hey, I've just I've thought of my Rushmore. Oh, yeah? To rival Chucky. Mm-hmm. Pennywise, original Pennywise. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, that's toasty. Yeah, I'm, I'm in on that. I, but I do think it may evolve because I haven't seen – have you seen the original um, Texas Chainsaw Massacre? No, I never have. Yeah, we should do that next Maybe we can do it next October. Yeah. Um, that's all I got, Cranky. Got anything else? Well, we could just touch very quickly on the fashion. You mentioned earlier the fashion oh, yeah. and men's jean sort. We've talked about Van Damme when he gets around in the jean sorts and the big socks and the, and the combat boots. That's what our camp counselor was wearing Shirt off and a little scarf on a straight man. It's very interesting. Must be a particular 70s look. So Van Damme would have been the perfect camp counsellor for 1980 Crystal Lake. Correct. Interesting. Because he would have kicked him in the face. Mm, Like a few times. A few spinny kicks to the head and you're done. And, you know, he's saved farms before. He's bathed in the lake and got his penis out in front of children, so it would have been no different. (laughs) Keep going. Keep going. Let's get into the verdict. <laughs> Let's. I don't know what to say, really. I don't remember asking you a goddamn thing. I am the law. I'd like you to answer the question, Judge. I want to have them answered immediately. You can't handle the truth. What are you waiting for? Ah! Say what again. Say what again. I dare you. Nothing further. Your Honor. And that's all I have to say about that. Yeah, it's an interesting movie. Uh, I think I wouldn't have kept watching these movies if I didn't enjoy them on some level. There's some fun to be had here. I would say I would 100% rewatch this at a cinema, a packed cinema. Mm. Would I watch it again at home? Maybe not. Because it's not like it has some unique historical significance. It's just the next one after Halloween, right? Is that too harsh to say? Uh, the franchise goes further on in different directions after that, but in terms of this movie specifically, yeah, I don't know. Yeah, yeah it doesn't do enough for me to run a rewatch. Yeah. I acknowledge it, yeah. but uh, I'm going to leave it in the past, Yeah, like Jason's corpse. Yeah, fair enough, man. If you're going to do a slasher movie marathon on Halloween... I wouldn't include this. Maybe that's where. No, at. I'd have a different Jason in there though. Maybe. Yeah, I would have a different Jason. I'd definitely put part six. Jason lives. I'd probably go three, just to see if I can relapse. <laughs> see if you can beat it. Do what Elvira says. Uh, did mm. Simpsons do it? Yes, 
Got a little compilation here of various uh, Simpsons references. Let's go through them. Maybe people were easier to scare back then. Oh, yeah. Like when you look at Friday the 13th Part 1. It's pretty tame by today's standards. Right, do you want to see my new chainsaw and hockey mask? Ah! Oh, sorry. What am I thinking? I don't get it. They should be here by now. Ah, uh, what are you gonna do? Damn murder now. Eating. Ah, oh, crying out loud. What? Ah! About ten minutes ago, said they were gonna spend the night at Crystal Lake Campground, Section K, Space 217. I'm sorry I can't be of more help. I've never seen uh, Hellraiser either. Have you seen Hellraiser? Yeah, I was just thinking that. Oh, Pinface or... What Pinhead. Yeah, yeah, actually, a few people had Pinhead on their Mount Rushmore, so that's interesting. Hmm. Oh, that's interesting because I've never seen that. Oh, my watch it. My watch it is Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> You've got another couple of weeks of spook, spooktacular viewing. Yeah. Uh, porn parody. I didn't look it up. It sounds too dark for me. I, Did you yeah, ever look? Yeah, I'm sure. No, I didn't. Yeah, I'm sure it no, exists. I did not. Let's go with yes. <laughs> Bechdel test. This, in many ways, is the opposite of all things Bechdel test. That's kind of well. I, yeah, again, I hate. I don't want to compare it to Halloween too much, but again, Halloween kind of does a yeah better. FX <laughs> uh, test. FX pretty good, man. It's, it's, it's mm. low budget. Um, it's it's old mate from from Dust Till Dawn. The guy with the the penis gun. Penis penis yeah. gun. Yeah, penis gun. I forget his oh, name now. No way. That's yeah, cool. It's, yeah, it's cool. I think it's that's that's all pretty good, especially on a low budget. Uh, I didn't do recasts because there's no real characters here. MVP, I guess I'd give it to Mrs. Voorhees or the Crazy Man. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'd recast him with Adam to... Sandler. With Adam Sandler. Yeah, there you go. I don't have any. Yeah, yeah. Annie. I didn't mind Annie. <laughs> She was cut short. Uh, Excuse the pun. Um, what are we doing next week? We've got uh, oh, Halloween 2. Halloween 2. See, this is going to be interesting because I, I feel like we've been. The re-pumpkining. Uh, re-pumpkining. If it sounds like we've been a little bit negative on this franchise, the truth is I've only seen Halloween 1 and Halloween H2O and the new Halloween. So I may, I'm, I'm going to try and do the same thing next week and watch them all. And I may be saying something similar that they're all shit except for the first one. So mm. who knows? Um, yeah. Tune in and find out. Tune in and find out. Leave a review. Yeah, leave one of those reviews. Uh, make sure they're nice just click though. the five Otherwise, stars and just say, say something like good. Just use stop. your predictive text and see what happens. We do We do honestly love the um, the effort that some of you put into your reviews. It does mean a lot to us. It does. Uh, it, it really does. It the feels and gives us a – is that a dopamine hit or is that endorphins or is that serotonin? I can never tell. I think it's a mix of all three, a little cocktail. It's uh, all and good. And it helps yeah, us. Yeah, but if, you know, it does. So if, it you, if brevity is your choice, then just write good or not – even a full stop and just five stars. That helps. Do that Click classic – remember that Australian commercial – where they speak to that guy outside the show and he says, it was really good. You remember it that? It was really good. Of that course. Was, that's, that's a pretty iconic guy. Wog boy. That guy. Yeah, was it Wog boy? It was boy. Wog boy. They really ran with that, didn't they? Yeah. It became like back in those days when TV was the be-all and end-all, you could have something like that and make a cultural impact. Mm-hmm. Anyway, All right. I guess we'll see you next we'll week for more spooky times. We'll see you next week for the, yeah, the final spook week. The final Ooh. spook. <laughs> the final chapter. <laughs> Good evening. <laughs>